Welcome to the 63rd episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast, featuring a fourth generation T1D and his lovely spouse, Eric and Tanika Williams. If you're new to the show, my name is Amber Kluwer, and I'm the host of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast and co-founder of the Diabetes Daily Grind blog. I just want to say right off the bat that I'm literally recording this opening in between thunderstorms, so you might hear a little thunder in the background and hopefully no sirens. Um, I'm so glad you're listening and responding to the announcements because a few months ago, Eric reached out to see if I would host a happy hour near his hometown of Rogers, Arkansas. <laughs> so once the wintry weather wrapped up, I packed up my Subaru and hit the turnpike. Within the first hour of getting to know Eric and his wife, Tanika, we had already shed tears with stories of scary lows, glucagon shots, and the moments when the Hulk made an appearance. Today's episode is filled with firsts, and I'm thrilled to share their story. But before I get started, I have a few quick announcements. So for the first time, I'm going to say, please pull up your calendar or a scratch pad or listen to this opening again. And I promise there's a lot of information, but it's going to be something that you really want to check into. So here we go. Announcement number one. I often receive comments or feedback about the podcast theme song, whether it's tears shed or I can't get it out of my head or where can I download it? And so um, I just recently ran into Mike Costi, who wrote the song and is a past podcast guest. And we, you know, shared those stories and it was funny just listening to how people had asked him to play it, you know, during his regular gig as he tours the Midwest often. And so um, we just kind of started thinking about a couple of things and we thought, you know, after 63 episodes, it might be time for another version. But we're not going to do it without your input. To help Mike better create a legit diabetes song, we want your input. What words best describe your life with diabetes? And I'm serious. The sky's the limit. I don't care if you're a type 1, type 2, gestational. I mean, we all live with this disease, but it's, a very, it's very different for all of us. So shoot me your ideas via Facebook or always at Amber at DiabetesDailyGrind.com so I can pass them along to Mike so he can get started. And I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with because we all know we're pretty creative when it comes to our diabetes management in life. Um, number two. It's a bittersweet announcement, and I say that kindly. I'm staying in Oklahoma City this month. I know it's a shocker, but sticking around for really good reasons. I'm a party planner at heart, and this month, I'm going big. Positive thoughts, the Oklahoma weather will cooperate. So first up, again, mark your calendars, and I'll have all this on social media, and we'll be marketing it on everything very soon. May 15th, you don't want to miss a live performance by American Idol superstar and fellow type one, Crystal Bowersocks. I really hope I didn't mess up her last name. Tickets are on sale at bluedoorokc.org and seating is limited as it's an intimate venue. Let's show her some love by rallying the diapeeps and selling out the show. 
All right. A little later down the month, maybe like a week later, it's going to be busy. It's going to be really busy. Thursday, May 23rd, I will be hosting a real life diabetes happy hour in my now hometown of Oklahoma City. I'm going to do that at the 51st Street Speakeasy, and it'll kick off around 530. It's totally come and go for all, all people living with diabetes, their family and friends, ages 21 and above, as this is an actual bar. Um, This laid back venue is owned by a fellow T1D and a huge supporter of all things diabetes daily grind. So let's let's show him a little love as well. Announcement number three, the show will hit the road again in June. And my next stop is Joplin, Missouri. Be sure to stay up to date as details will only be released on social media and in the monthly newsletter. And as you know, I love to travel, which is why I'm sad to be home this month, even though the weather is going to suck. I'm always looking for a new adventure. So hit me up if you would like for me to visit your hometown. And finally, and always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And please continue to love, like, and share all things social media. You can... You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and I'm really trying to up my game with all of those. So please share it with your friends because the numbers really do matter when it comes to all things advertising for the Diabetes Daily Grind. It would also be rad if you left me an iTunes review and be sure to stay up to date by signing up for the DDG newsletter. And I will say when it comes to the podcast, obviously you're listening to it, but I'm struggling right now with iTunes as I upgraded the site which kicked out some of the um, episodes on iTunes so you know that you can always find it on diabetesdailygrind.com Stitcher tune in I'm working on Spotify Pandora and a couple of other things so I promise it can be found and if you've heard if you're hearing this now you're obviously well on your way and I and thank you so let's get the show started Okay, so we're here in Bentonville. No, we're not. We're in Rogers, Arkansas. And as you know, I've taken the show on the road, and I'm happy to be sitting across from two of my new dear friends. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I am Eric Williams. I'm Tanika Williams. And Eric was the kind soul that reached out a while ago. I don't know. I think it was in January, maybe, about, you know, what per my request on all the podcasts, like, hey, if you want me in your neck of the woods... I'll come out. And so here we are. We waited till spring and we are sitting on their deck and they were kind enough to put me up. So um, a very interesting story and one that I always find value in as somebody else is living the same disease, but in a very different way. So Eric, why don't you share a little bit about your diagnosis story? Well, I was diagnosed um, at the age of nine. I, um, was put into sports at uh, when I was in third grade I could get into football so my dad put me into football and he coached and it was it was great I was doing good but I was just fatigued all the time and not feeling good and well didn't you say your mom was concerned about your weight so <laughs> yeah yeah so she was concerned about my weight so she also had me on like a treadmill and I was walking and doing all sorts of stuff outside of sports Mm -hmm. um, to try to manage my weight. And eventually, um, since my dad was type 1, she knew symptoms, signs and symptoms, and had me go into tests and 
So was it basically you were just peeing all the time and obviously the fatigue? Yeah. But I think much. the weird thing, not weird, but different in most scenarios is you were heavy. Most oh, yeah. the rest of us were like yeah. bone thin. Yeah, I was very heavy. Interesting. Um, I think in third grade I weighed almost 140 pounds. Wow. So, um, but in along with the type one, I was diagnosed with hy- um, hypothyroidism also. So that didn't work too well. So did that happen at the same time? Yep. Got diagnosed with both immediately. That's a so nine years old, type one, and hypothyroid. Which yeah, what? <laughs> I can't Hy- even say it. Hypothyroidism. Okay, and do you know, um, because I don't know anything about that, thankfully, are they connected? (laughs) Chime in! Get in here! Well, it's a hormone. It's part of the endocrine system as well. So I would say, yes, it is connected. She would say yes. Okay, and at that age, were you seeing an endocrinologist? (laughs) Um considering both of them are in, no. you know wow no i mean I, I remember i saw one in the hospital and maybe one time outside of it and that was pretty much it ever i've been um i've used my family practice doctor the whole time my whole life well a family practice doctor okay so you're diagnosed with both of those what do you recall what insulin or what uh, measurement they gave you upon uh, diagnosis MPH and regular R, yeah. Cloudy and clear. Yep, yep. And I mean, I was pretty young, and I, I did manage it myself. I did all my shots and all that stuff, but I don't, I don't really remember all the details. Like I remember, I I did something at lunchtime, and I would keep my stuff in the teachers' lounge in their refrigerator. Right. But I don't remember um, exactly how much of everything I took. It's been a little bit. Yeah, I have no idea. I just remember <laughs> I gave it before breakfast and yeah, before dinner. Yeah, I did. I know I did a shot at lunchtime. I just don't remember what which one it was. Hmm. Yeah. So, age nine. How many do you feel like your close friends at that point knew that you had type one diabetes? At nine, uh, nobody. Nobody. So. Nobody. You, you, did you hide it? I mean, or did you, I guess. Probably. I, I would consider it hiding. <laughs> I guess. I mean, nobody I wants to be different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, did you go to slumber parties and stuff? Well, no. Um, or spend the night with a friend, I should say. I, slumber yeah, parties, I don't know if I guys did that. I spend the night with friends. Um, I don't remember when I started, though. So it could have... That might have been a little later on. Um, I, we lived so far away from the school I went to. My mom was a the teacher there. Okay. So we lived hmm. probably 25, 30 minutes-ish from the school I went to. Right. So I didn't live close to any right. friends. And the only reason I asked that is because I remember staying the night with you know a friend after being diagnosed. And um, I don't even know what my mom told him. But I think those few parents today i'm like i don't know because if i had a child and uh i don't know that i would how hard it would be to have somebody living with a chronic disease like that come stay the night at your house because you're basically responsible for keeping them alive yeah, yeah that's pretty a lot. much <laughs> well all of the teachers knew that eric had diabetes because and of his mom right because of his yeah. mom which yes. that's a bonus for yeah. sure 
Yeah. Okay, so and so he would go if if he felt like you know weird. Yeah. Then he would go to his mom's room and she would help right. out. Right. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that's a bonus. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the two of you. Tanika, how did you guys... So you met in high school. High school? No, you knew each other. Go ahead. Pass the mic over to her. We met in junior high. Well, actually, I I noticed him first. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it that you noticed about him? He was on crutches. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I want that one. Yeah, well, all of the girls were like following him around and like carrying his books for him and stuff. <laughs> And I was like, who's this guy? And he was, like, taller than most of the other boys. So. Yeah, when when you, that's one of the things with, like, hypothyroidism. You start on thyroid medication, and usually you have your growth spurt and stuff a lot, like, a lot before. Every bit else your age. Yeah. Okay, so you've got this tall guy on crutches. Yes. So, it was about summertime, and um, just had... He he would go out and watch all the girls play softball or something. I don't know. Um, and so I was on the softball team, the summer softball team, and he would come and watch us play. And so then we had a mutual friend and would play cards and stuff like that. So we got to know each other. So how old are you at this point? 13. Wow. I was 14. 14. <laughs> okay, so... When okay, so you're 13 and 14. How did it evolve into being boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah, so that just started. He was actually so that summer we hung out a lot, but he had a girlfriend, and um, I um, ended up moving back to North Carolina where my mom lived. Mm-hmm. I lived with my aunt here, and um, so. When I was in North Carolina, I called a friend of mine, and he happened to be over there, and he um, got on the phone and said hi to me and said that he broke up with his girlfriend. And Too late, dude, is what I wanted to say, but go ahead. <laughs> um, and so things just didn't go right in North Carolina for me, so I ended up coming back and living with my aunt later on in that school year. And so after that, we um, started dating. Were you excited that she came back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you talk while she was still in North Carolina, or was it? No, no. I don't, didn't have her information, really. We weren't, we didn't even know each other that well at that point. Well, that's, that's okay. So you start dating. How long into the relationship? That's so weird to say, because you're young. But into. I can tell you, our first movie, was it The Waterboy? It was supposed to be the water boy. Oh, it was supposed to be the water boy. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, I think it was the bride of Chucky. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Great first date. Yeah. So that's the time frame that <laughs> all this was, like, started. And you guys are in your mid-30s, correct? Yeah, I'm 35. She's 34. Okay, so when in the relationship did he tell you that he had diabetes? Or did you already know? I, um... I didn't know. I just remember one. I don't know how long, like before he told me, but I do remember we, um, my aunt owned a little cafe in the town that we went to school. So, you know, he came and ate breakfast with me and he was talking to me and, and he had told me, you know, that he had diabetes and, um, he, he said, 
in it like a joking manner that he was only supposed to live until like he's 55 or something. Right. And I was just like, what? And he's like, nah, I don't know. I'm just, that's what they told me. Which is so sad. And we've talked about this often on the podcast is that you're, um, you know, and that was a long time ago. Again, yeah. no offense to the people that were, but it was a death sentence. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you were given a death sentence at that time? I mean, I mean, pretty much. I mean, that's what it felt like. Um, it was, it, it was just a lot of unknowns. Right. You a know, lot to process spent, as a kid. Yeah. Spend a couple of weeks in the hospital and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Did they teach you how to give shots on an orange? Yeah. Yeah. I got the orange. Did your, either one of your parents ever give you a shot? Nope. Yeah, me either. I wouldn't let them, though. <laughs> that's good. If you're going to take the like, disease no, by the I'm horns, good. that's the way to do it. Yeah. Just yeah. Get it over with. Yeah. Okay, so you have a history. Correct. Of diabetes in your family, which, you know, everybody thinks, and I have no one in my immediate family that has type 1. So, and I don't believe Ryan did either. You know, mm. that's the only person I can compare it to. So, talk a little bit about... Because I feel like, and I hate to say this, you're kind of the poster child for what people think about type 1, that it's a, you know, pass down. And we know that's not always the right, case, but it course. could be. Right. So talk about a little bit about your family history. Oh, so um, growing up, my dad was type 1. Um, his dad, later in life, has developed type 1 diabetes, insulin dependent. And then from what I know and what I've told, been told... Um, my great-grandfather was also type 1. Which so, is crazy to think, too. I mean, you yeah. think about how long that go that was, what, how they diagnosed it. Well, you know. What they were given. Also, it was a pretty easy transition because we didn't really have a lot of sugar drink. We, you know, right. our whole house, from when I was, we've never had sugar, like regular Coke. is right. always Diet Coke. And, you know, so it wasn't a hard transition um, right. into you know, having it. So, which is the exact opposite for most people. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was on certain little things, you know, I'd, you know, just, just little things here and there at the grocery store. If I wanted a snack or a Snickers or something like that, you know, I remember my mom like, well, here's your last Snickers or something uh, like that. You yeah. know, one of those things I'm like, Oh, that's, a, that's crazy. That's, a, <laughs> that's, and I've said this a couple of times when I was diagnosed that I, the, uh, what, what it hit me when they said you can't have sugar, I was like, yeah. No more Dr. Pepper, no more Snickers. I mean, I guess, and that's crazy to say, and I guess that's what we were being fed as kids. That was like the big thing or whatever. So, yeah, I feel you on the Snickers. <laughs> Every once in a while with that serious low, I might just take a little, you know, couple bites oh, of yeah. Snickers. I haven't done that in a while. Sounds good right now. <laughs> so, you watched your father live with the disease. So, talk about, if you can, and I don't know, yeah. whatever, but his regimen. I mean, like, what did he do? and was he a good role model for you? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and it's hard. It, it's hard to. Re I never really pay attention to what he did. I don't think. I don't even remember. I never saw him test on a normal basis, or I never saw. I don't even know what he was on, to be honest, right. as far as insulin and and all that. So, um, and I'm sure. I'm sure he had some complications. He he passed and. In 2007 from cancer um and i was fairly young at that time yeah um but uh, not the best role model for diabetes right. i'm sure but he did he have his eyesight yes yeah all toes uh-huh yeah 
And I think that's one of the things that we you know everybody's worried about is, or are they, again, the doom and gloom, the, right. yeah. So at least he, I'm sorry that cancer took him, but right. probably better than diabetes, <laughs> yeah. which is really messed up to say. And your grandfather, do you remember anything about him than that? Um, yeah. He's still alive. He's still alive. Uh, yeah, yeah. With diabetes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old is he? 90. No, he's, I don't know. This is probably bad. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was 92. Maybe not. Well, uh, yeah. He's we, older. Uh, okay, we'll do a follow up in the show notes. How old is your grandfather? <laughs> we probably need to figure that out. But is this, so, is, is he in good health? Uh, you know, he, he's in. He's he's older. He's old. Yeah. I mean, so, sorry, people. That, you yeah, know, he's had some, he's had some. None of his complications are diabetes related. It's just great. It's it's older. You know, COP. Yeah. You know, he worked in factories and stuff like yeah. that his whole life. So you know, COPD, CHF, right. Um, you know stuff to do with you know your lungs and right stuff like that's a lot more concerning to them than than right. the diabetes at this point so so will you talk about what you use now like what are your what's your go-to um i'm on novalog is what i use primarily which let me say this he thought he was on humalog <laughs> until tinika told him differently it's, it's- we're just funny as hell. And word on the street, they're the same thing. I don't believe that, but... I don't either. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, so you're on Novolog. Are mm-hmm. you on a pump? I'm on uh, the Omnipod. You're I a potter. Sw- I switched to that um, a few years ago. And what were you on originally? Uh, the Medtronic. Medtronic. Mm-hmm. What... And I'm only asking this, like... I've never been on a pump, but why did you decide to switch from Medtronic to the Omnipod? Um, do you... Should I tell this story, or should you tell this story? Tanika, get in here. I don't know what story you're talking about. Well, why I switched, why I went to a pump. Oh, she was asking why you switched pumps. Well, why oh, did, why? We, can st- pumps? Well, we can start with, Sorry, let's start I with. Sorry, uh, the question. Tanika, why don't we start with why you switched to a pump, period, and then you can tell us about why you switched right, pumps. Right. perfect. Okay, so the reason why Eric switched pump to, to a pump mm-hmm. from just doing... Um, Lantis and what was the you were doing Humalog then yeah. actually Lantis and Humalog okay yeah um so he he is very active if you see him like he looks like the Hulk but <laughs> I'm gonna say something to that in a second go ahead <laughs> um so he he also um played basketball a lot in the evenings like. I'm not kidding, 10 o'clock at night to midnight um, oh. with a group of friends. Um, and so, uh, and on, every Friday night. And they didn't know I was had diabetes either. <laughs> okay, that's a problem. Let's go, keep going. Yeah, so every Friday night he would do that. And um, so on Saturday mornings, uh, often, it was really hard to wake him up. Right. Um, I mean... There, I mean, I was able to wake him up, you know, put some candy in his hand, and eventually he would, you know, put it in his mouth. But he wouldn't let me, like, feed it to him. He would, you know, clench his teeth down or whatever. Um, and then, it, you know, there, there was a, then there was the time whenever we, I was trying to, you know, do that same thing, give him candy, and he um, threw me across the bed. Very. This was the first time that 
I saw like a rage. Like it was just like I was like he he wasn't himself. I I know he was probably dreaming or something. Sure. Like he would never be violent. Um, Which makes you think of the Hulk. I mean, the whole way <laughs> yeah. we, we described it. Yeah. Um. So I I got scared, and um, I had called nine one one for them to come out. And the ambulance came, and so did the fireman, because I had told him, you know, that he was, yeah. um, he had thrown me across the bed. Sure. And so they came out, and it, you know, they, you know, the, the um, paramedic, you know, was trying, and he was being um, difficult to work with. <laughs> and so it took four firemen, one on each limb, to hold him down. And then the um, paramedic gave him a glucagon shot. So um, did they know his blood sugar at that time? I, I, I doubt they could have even tested they, you. They did. They did not. They tried. Yeah. To test, and it just wasn't happening. So they test. They tested him after they gave him right. um, the glucagon shot. So, um, and e- even after that one, that I, I started looking at stuff, and I had started talking to him, but he's just like. No. And, um, change is hard. <laughs> yeah. So then we went down. It was just later that year. We went down to his grandparents for Thanksgiving. And at his grandparents, he had another episode where we had to call the ambulance and it freaked his grandparents out. Um, and, um, so did the family just like rally and sit you down and be like, dude, there was no intervention. No. But, <laughs> Um, he, he did, he did, he was more receptive at that point. Right. Yeah. After, after so many times that of waking up in weird places, um, and with people standing over you, right. you, know, you, uh, definitely need a change. And then that led her into, uh, look, looking for some type of continuous glucose monitor, uh, because of that, and that led us to um, Medtronic. Right. And at the time, they had both, but their continuous uh, glucose monitoring system was not the greatest, so we ended up not doing that. But ever ever since I've been just on the fast-acting insulin, I haven't had as many issues at night right. as I used to. Like, hardly any. Okay, let me add, again not know anything about the thyroid situation. Do go ahead if you've got yes. I was just going to say you do have issues with having lows, but you wake up yeah. yourself, yeah. and you, you you can wake up right. easier. Which yeah, yeah which I is a blessing. Yeah. Well, and you know, so do you think that maybe the thyroid medications in addition to the insulin, maybe the combination makes that different? I think that's a great conversation for an endocrinologist. Hmm. I will do some research. I've I've been told, you know, I I was told that um, there is um, about a 40% failure rating with Lantus that it either metabolizes too quickly Hmm. or not, or not fast enough sometimes. Right. And so um, to me, that explained it a little bit better. Right. Right. for me, I think it had a lot to do with you playing basketball and taking the Lantus at night. Okay, so yeah, you probably yeah your your blood sugar is probably know. somewhat low going into it. You take a Lantus shot, yeah, which is there to protect you for the highs. But if you're not there, then you have insulin on board, 
I am not a medical professional, just somebody who's dealt with Atlantis in my life before Traceba. Okay, so you start on the Medtronic, and what made you switch to the pod? Well, um, I'm very active. I do a lot of uh, kayaking, um, a lot of multi-day kayaking, just active in general. And Mm -hmm. um, we were looking for something that didn't have the tubing. Yeah. Um, because that's, it's just a, um, a big deal is, is disconnecting, um, so much and you're in the shower or, or whatever it is, you're just constantly disconnecting every time, uh, you want to do anything. Right. So when playing basketball, I had to disconnect. So I was disconnected a lot. So let me ask you this. I, I'm like, why didn't you just tuck the tubing into your pants? I mean, disconnecting. I've I've never heard anybody say they disconnected to play basketball, but I've never also played basketball or had to pump. Well, you have it. It'd have to be clipped onto your waistband, right? Um, which is a burden. Period. So the tubing would have to be out. Yeah. Some and uh, it's just not worth. Yeah. Getting caught on, and really, when I was playing, I never had any highs. Right. Because um, I would be playing pretty much constantly um, for a good t- couple hours. So. Okay, so you're sick of disconnecting. Yeah. And you, who did the research for the pod? Me. <laughs> you're kind of like his diabetes enabler <laughs> in the best way. Yes. Thank you, I, you for doing research. <laughs> yes, I do all of the research and show him all of the, the things that I learn. And, um, and I communicate it in a way that I think will best persuade him (laughs) to doing what I really want him to do and that's good I think sometimes when you're living in the disease it's hard to think outside of what you're normally doing change is hard period oh yeah um whether it's medication or a new device or whatever so you did the research you're you've been on the pod for how many years um seven or eight seven or eight Something like that. On a pump? Or on something, a, right? Yeah. But oh, no, Omnipod, the, yeah. Omnipod. Five. Yeah, probably five. Probably five. Five years. Five years is a good guess. And that has allowed you to stay connected, connected. during all your kayaking and oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to throw Eric under the bus. Cool. In that he still has nighttime lows and some other things that are going on. And so when we talked about the CGM, I was showing them my blood sugar on my phone and we kind of had the conversation about what a difference that could make in your life so what is your why are you resisting a cgm <laughs> i think it's um and they're expensive let's, let's yeah start there. yeah i mean yeah there is an expense but i think more than that for me is just having having two things connected to me that could you know because I'll, I'll get you know, every once in a while your pump will mess up. Yeah. And it'll go out and you got to change it. And I don't know. I'm sure there's similar things with the CGM too. You got it's just sensor like, errors. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, to me, it's just like a lot, a lot to take in. Right. As far as I got two things on me now that I got to constantly worry about. Hey, this might happen. This might not happen. So it's it's tough for me to want to have two, I guess, two things on it. It'd be great if a company could just have like, like if Omnipod could shoot two cannulas in you, and one could, you know, whatever. <laughs> one, yeah, yeah, tell your blood sugar, and the other one. And I think we're we're getting closer. We're getting closer. I think the other thing is just your um, 
perception of it from the Medtronic CGM that you had tried years ago. Which was, too. I mean, so everybody bad, complained bad about taste. that. It was right. a bad, bad taste in your mouth. And so that's what you think. Well, and, and as I've, you know, sh- shared with them that um, I'm back on the G5, I was on the G6, because I had plenty of sensors and a transmitter, and I wanted to use the resources that I had available. But, the f- I mean, like this morning when I went to Calibrate, which we've talked about, um, my phone said that it was 126, and when I tested my butcher, it was 125. That was that's crazy amazing. peace of mind. Crazy peace of mind. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I, th- you know... Yeah, it's a total nightmare to have to put it on at times. But today, just, I mean, knowing my blood sugar was high all day and there was, I tried everything, at least I knew that I had, somebody had my back. That little device was telling me what was going on throughout the day when I was cruising around Bentonville. And so it's just one of those, like, so I'm heavily encouraging, whether it's the Abbott Freestyle Libre or the Dexcom or whatever, um, would you tap into it? I think I would I would give it a shot. Give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give it a shot. I'm going to talk to some people and we're going to figure it out. Deal. Might get a package on your front <laughs> your doorstep. <laughs> Just do it. But, okay, so let me ask you this, too. Why haven't you sought out seeing an endocrinologist? And I don't believe they're all great or grand right. or they have better uh, knowledge than your GP, but... Going back to the Lantis, maybe that person was giving you a dosage, like in my, one of my past podcasts with Paloma, they didn't have any idea. And it wasn't until a pharmacist told her or chatted with her about what that drug was. I mean, you did what you were told to do. You're mm-hmm. being compliant, yep. which is what every, we hopefully will all do. But I can tell you that my dosage with um, my... Uh, like Lantus never changed from when I started on it until. Which is why I'm saying this. Yeah. You've grown. You're being more. Right. You, and maybe you were being more active or. I mean, and I'm not good about this. It, you, we all have to be our own advocate. And thankfully you have Tanika, who's your number one. <laughs> but it's one of those things where we do what we're told and it's like you never think, oh, maybe I should scale back. I've lost weight since I was in the, you know, or whatever it may be, or gained weight. Um, I don't think that we're given, as people living with type 1 diabetes, permission to question or to change things up. Right. I don't know if I have an answer for that, to be honest, as far as why I didn't when I was younger. Um, I just had a family doctor take care of it for so long. Right. That, you know, now that I'm older... To me right now, it just makes sense. Well, and you were talking about the fact that somebody else that you knew who was on a pump was struggling and you came in and was chatting with them about what to change and whatever. And it, and it didn't change her life. Oh, yeah. I mean. It, uh, because you've I, played around with it. And right, that's it's trial I, and error. I, changed, I, I messed with her pump settings a little bit. I, I told her I wasn't going to do what I wanted to do with her settings. <laughs> I said I, I wanted her to figure it out a little bit too which is good and 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 do it herself and learn it herself right that's i feel like we should be the advocates for ourselves, and i feel like we should care about our disease enough to tell them what we want yeah and we should take that responsibility 
because I feel like we, you know, we we need to care about ourselves the most. Absolutely. Um, so I just, you know, I just I just want I just want people to. Oh, here. What? Well, I was just going to say, if that's the case, then why would you not see an endocrinologist? I think is the question. If you're, if you're, if you are being the best advocate for yourself, why would you not see a specialist? Good question. Wow. Good question. Uh, well. Are you being stubborn? Or no, is there a reason? No, I mean, I, I've been in the, I've, I've sold medical stuff and been in the medical field for a long time. And, um, I don't, hmm, <laughs> I don't know if they can, I don't know if they could actually, um, and maybe I should give it a shot. I don't know, but I just, I don't feel that they can tell me the best thing for me. I feel like what they're going to tell me is a, a generic right. thing that they're, they'll tell everybody. Based on sales and whatever else. Yeah. yeah. Um, just you know uh like and i know i've told you this but you know my family medicine doctor right now i've I've just i'm lucky enough that i can go in there whenever i want because they're friends of mine and i can request and i can you know do the labs that i want done at any time i want to i can just walk in and do it right and to me (laughs) it's nice to do that whether you know instead of waiting in a waiting room for an hour or two just to yeah see somebody well i would say that recently you did go see an endocrinologist actually because you were having some issues and so i was wanting you to to touch base on that that's a good idea yeah so i did so are you holding out you can see an endo and you didn't even tell me no i because i haven't i um i i booked an appointment it was seven i was having a lot of issues it was seven months out was my appointment which is unfortunate and totally and but that was ridiculous out of all of them that was the the soonest i could get in yeah out of all of them and so i go in first time there and i see a nurse practitioner for my first appointment and i there was no uh questions answered there was nothing but my i guess my big problem is you know we go in to see an endocrinologist you go in and you pay for a specialist. Right. You know, the only thing that a nurse practitioner should be there for is to follow what the, the endo, endo yeah, has yeah. set for you. Right. And um, I, I just don't believe your first appointment with an endocrinologist should be a nurse practitioner. I agree. Um, so that was that was my f- most recent experience. Um and that's frustrating as hell. And right. I will say that I'm in the process of switching because I've had I've never seen the endo mm-hmm. in two three years. Never seen the endo. That's unacceptable. But as an advocate, you know what? That's my choice. Yeah. I'm firing that person, and I'm hiring somebody that will see me. And I understand they've got busy schedules, and there's a lot of us, unfortunately, yeah. living with this disease. But yeah, I need an expert. A specialist who's going to listen to what I have to say. Yes. So, so you didn't get your your problem fixed from there. So it was just more of you going to get lab works. Hey, you know, me saying, what if, what is it, what if, what? Maybe it's this, or maybe it's that. So maybe you should get ask them to get 
lab works on this or that. Right. So then he would go in and, and ask for labs on different um, things. Yep. So then you ended up figuring it out. Yep. Well, I think it's good that you're questioning it. Right. I mean, a lot of people aren't. Well, you know. Think that way. And a lot of things in, in our heads, it's always diabetes or thyroid, diabetes or thyroid. So that's the only yeah. thing that we think about when we're going in there. But like that that time, I had a parasite. Right. Um, and then the next time, you know, that I had some other stuff going on, we could never figure it out. It ended up being low testosterone. Right. So it's like, it's not always, it's not. Diabetes related necessarily. Yeah, that's a well, and I'm sorry you've had so many medical situations, but at least the two of you work on it together and having a pair. I mean, none of those things are easy. I don't care with diabetes or not. I mean, that's a lot to handle as a person. Um, so we talked about over this. Uh, so I've been here since Wednesday, and what's today? Friday. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. Um, and you've shared at one point, like you do different health things like holistic and all these other things like as a restart talk a little bit about that because i know ryan used to talk about the restart with fasting and other things i've never done that but yeah what what do you do and and why um typically i do about 10 or 11 days um most of that time is all um like either protein shakes and maybe 11 maybe a thousand to 1100 calories for the shake days and then i have four days uh i split it two days at the front and two days at the end where i do uh pretty much just two fast days in a row hmm. and um do you change your pump rates and all that for those yes yes you have to um right. my basal goes down tremendously uh probably uh just a lot it goes yeah. down a lot um during that time and what's good about it though is like i've had times where you know you i've experienced very like a lot of highs that I, it's like i can't take enough insulin to get it back down right and i've taken a, you know enough insulin that i sh you know you should be back down into the 30s yeah on a normal time and it's like still in the 200s right and uh so and I don't know if it's some type of insulin resistance or what, but I, I found that it, when I do some type of fast or limit calories for a, a little bit of period of time, it actually kind of corrects it and my basal get, uh, I can lower my basal and the insulin that I need will lower for mm -hmm. meals and all so sorts of good things for a while. So I usually do that once a quarter. Is I'll I'll uh, do a like an eleven day fast or a ten days somewhere in there. And you definitely see and you see results from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's interesting. Hmm. Anything you want to throw in there, Tanika, about the, the fasting, the resets, or? Um, I would just say just a little bit more information on the fast is that on the shake days, it's um you only eat once. It's all liquid and shakes, and at, right. at the evening, it's um, just like a 600-calorie meal, which is, whole you know. It's a whole food meal. Yeah, right. a whole food meal, So and, and no, like, grain or anything. It's just, um, you know, like chicken and vegetables or steak and vegetables or whatever. Um, and then the fast days is 
nothing but water. Oh, you you do get some snacks. Yeah, some carrots and apple. Sounds like my worst nightmare. (laughs) It's not bad. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not horrible. Yeah. So and okay, so today, and I put it on, um, I think Twitter and Instagram. There was a when one of the boutiques that I went to, there was a a, the, a t-shirt that said Club Carbs. <laughs> I'm like, this is my worst nightmare. Like, I will never sign up for this club. I don't care what <laughs> happens. It just made me think about when we talk about low carbs and you know. So you're oh, a pretty yeah. low carb person, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I. I I Except try not. Chips. Yeah, I mean, if if I if if I go to like a Mexican restaurant, I mean, chips. You got uh, to you chips and salsa. It's, yeah, it's the my kryptonite. I mean, for sure. <laughs> but um, I feel the best when I stay away from carbs, pretty much. So, it, you and know, was that trial and error? Oh, I mean, just yeah. figuring it out for yourself. Oh, yeah, I've tried all sorts of things. I've went dairy free, gluten free, which I still am gluten free. Um, I've I've done. As much as I've I've done everything out there, um, but I also feel like people need to try it all to figure out what works best for them. Right. I agree, one hundred percent. Because I, I don't think everything works. There's not one thing that works good for everybody. Well, and we're not talking diets. We're talking about just like experimental right. eating. Of and course. you guys have gone into as I, all, you know, I'm not. I'm on a ton of supplements. Um, and I know that's kind of like this weird gray area slash people think it's um, snake oil. What I have found and my labs have proved proven is, you know, I had, I was vitamin D deficient. I was low on X, Y, and Z. I bruised easily. And so the supplements that I'm on, I have found. And so my, like my labs have shown better results. So I encourage people to do your do the research and and I'm going to be a total supplement snob. If you're buying it at Walmart, it's probably not legit. 100%. Snake oil. It's what it is. So do your research and I'd be happy to post and they're not paying me to say this, but a couple of companies cuz I have friends in holistic medicine, um some really legit companies. Now you can buy them on Amazon, but it's coming from the supplier. And you don't have to go to a, a doctor to, to get those things. So are there any supplements that you are on that you? Um, I, I take D3 and yeah. oil um, regularly and some uh, green tea. Yeah, I do green um, tea. There were some other things. Chromium I was taking for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I just haven't. I haven't got a new bottle, so I'm not currently taking them. <laughs> Want to be honest? It can get pricey too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It all it all gets in because, addition to the insulin and all the yeah, other stuff. Because I, you know, I also work out every day, so I, you know, I'm taking pre workout and right all this other stuff too. So I mean, it, it adds up for sure. It does add up. There's no there's no doubt. <laughs> so one of the other things that we touched on, and with a long family history. And I have spoken about this a couple of times is that, you know, when I was diagnosed with the death sentence and all that, they straight up said not to have children. And you guys have chosen to not have children. Correct. Because of it being a part of your bloodline. Yes. Nika, get in there. Well, I would say that's a piece of it. So when we were, when I was 25, Eric was 26, 
we were thinking, okay, do we want to have kids? So we actually had a conversation about it, you know, yeah. wrote out the pros and cons mm-hmm. of kids and like literally on a piece of paper, we did that. Um, and, um, I, for me, it was more of a thing for me because of his family history. And I don't think I would be able to handle that. Like I, we, I can't even handle a dog. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you sister. I don't have pets. I'm, I'm actually really serious. Um, we had a dog for one week and it was just too much stress for me. Um, so I couldn't imagine, and, and I think the world of parents that have, you know, young children that have diabetes. Yeah. So um, it wouldn't be an option for, you know, the kid to have a CGM or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, yes, you are getting yeah. that. <laughs> but Eric, you can still make your own choice. <laughs> We're pressing hard. We're pressing yeah. hard on this. Yeah. So um, for me, it was more of a thing for, about that. Um, but then, the, you know, we have some other reasons, you know, I, um, and you don't have to share anything that's yeah. too personal. Yeah. I mean, no worries. So, so we just had some other, other reasons as well. So, um, but that for me, that was one of the main ones. Eric, what do you think? I mean, do you feel like in the back of your head, it was, Oh, of course. I mean, that's a, it's <laughs> a huge reason. Um, and especially with my family history, it's like, it's like, it's, it's almost a guarantee. It seems like if I have a son, you know, so it's like you can hope for a daughter, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely in the back of my head that, um, uh, that's a big reason. I mean, obviously there's, we, like she said, we did the pros and cons and there's lots in both categories. So yeah, that's just kind of what we chose is we're going to stick with it. It's understandable. That is understandable. Um, and going back, you know, again, to me and my mom asked me recently is the reason I didn't have children or want children was because of diabetes and that whole death sentence kind of thing. And at the end of the day, I would say it definitely planted the seed, but I never liked babysitting. (laughs) I mean, I was not one of those, I've never had a pet by myself. I mean, I didn't want to have to keep somebody else alive. So I think it's. (laughs) God, I could, you know, yeah. we've dealt with, we have to it's keep ourselves a, alive. Yeah, it's such a big responsibility already. God. It's like, who needs more? And I'm thankful for all the kids in my life. It just, <laughs> I can send you home yes, <laughs> and be the, exactly right. the crazy fun aunt and all the other things. So, well, you know, before we wrap it up, is there any other things that you want to share, you know, as a spouse? And, you know, that, I'm going to just tap into that really quick as somebody who's trying to tap into the dating world and all these other things, we all have insecurities, um, especially with, um, sharing that you have this disease. I'm, I think it's great that you knew early and you knew this person, Eric growing up. So, you know, you kind of grew up together with it, but, um, do you have any advice for a, a spouse of somebody living with this disease? And then we'll have Eric it, share what he hates about it. <laughs> yeah, I I think it takes um, a lot of patience. And sorry, <laughs> um, I think it it definitely also takes communication, like t- to a new level, right? And you have to 
map out your communication time, you know, uh, with where the blood sugar level is at to how much progress you'll get. Right. So if he's high, he's yeah. not hearing you, right? Right. And if he's low, he's not hearing me. Right. Um, so hopefully he's in range a good portion of the day so you can talk. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So um, patience is, is, is also a thing. And then, you know, support supporting them but them supporting you through it yeah what I really appreciate appreciate about Eric is that um he's okay with me being all in his business (laughs) (laughs) you know because I have effects of where his sugar is yeah you know I know he's actually the one physically um dealing with it but um emotionally I have just as much as he um, has from where his sugar is at. So I think that's what I appreciate about Eric is just that openness to let me in. Right. Um, So I think when we, when we reached that level in our relationship, it um, opened a whole new world for us and we got along a lot better and um, we're making a lot more progress. So that's, I love it. that's what I would say. Yeah, she, I mean, I've, I've told her several times, like, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be alive because she's had to call the ambulance I don't know how many times. And if no one was there, you know, right? what, what would happen? Which I think is, you know, um, when you were, we were talking last night about the fact that when I had the flu and everything that I've done this all by myself... I mean, I guess it is amazing at some capacity, but it would be nice to have somebody there that was that support person for me. But I'm thankful for good family and friends in that scenario, too. And, you know, I always and not everybody likes the fact that, you you know, diabetes sucks. Let's just be honest. But you live life to the fullest. Oh, yeah. You guys kayak. You can't. I mean, talk about what because. Talk about what all you do, like an adventure side of life. Man, we uh, we we want to go to every national park there in in the U.S. Um, how we, many have you been to? I don't know how many there are, so that may be fifty three. I'm guessing. I think it's fifty. We'll say it. Yep, fifty three. This is an outdoor po- podcast. <laughs> Nobody will question it. Maybe they will. Chime in if you know. <laughs> Um, how how many have we been to? Um, maybe five or six. But you just started this right a couple yeah. of years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. So this About is a six. new adventure for you. Mm-hmm. But we kayak uh, regularly. I started a company taking people out on multi-day kayaking trips, and um, we started kayaking six years ago ish. And we started, like, we just went out on a whim, never kayaked before. Me and us and another uh, couple we knew, we ended up just buying kayaks randomly, and it turned into a passion. That's awesome. I mean, it's a good way to invest your money, seriously. Yeah. And then after that, you know, our next step was, well, let's let's pack up all of our camping gear and everything onto the kayak and spend multiple days out there on the river and... So that's what um, we started doing. So, you know, I pack extra. Insulin. Yeah, yeah. Do you keep it in, like, a cooler? No. Ah. No, I just, I pack it. Um, it's in, like, a, you know, waterproof case. Sure. Um, but, 
it it probably it might get a little warmer than it it should every once in a while, but you know. <laughs> Uh, well, according it's to, works. Well, it's and according so to some big pharma people, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but if he's listening, he knows who this is. Because I questioned it one time on one of my, whatever, and I thought my insulin wasn't working because it got hot. Well, it has to be really warm for a very considerable amount Long of time. time, right? Yeah, that is not medical advice. <laughs> but just don't freak out and throw out a, he- a new bottle of insulin because it yeah. got a little warm. So yeah, yeah, we spent a lot of time in tents and we started backpacking last year and. We, we like to spend a lot of time outdoors. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that we'll hear more from this couple in the future because, you know, Eric sent an email today to Connected in Motion after when he and Mark Carter were talking about their passion for duck hunting and kayaking and all these other outdoor experiences that I think sometimes people with type 1 maybe are not as adventurous as they should be because of the disease, that maybe these leaders, when it comes to these things you know could take a crew out that they get it oh yeah i got friends with backup supplies yeah (laughs) i mean it's tough you know it's it's tough to even think about you know you're thinking about everything that could go wrong and you make sure you have everything for those scenarios but you know the time and place comes where you just gotta make the step and and jump out there and you know just live your life so that's what we try to do now and I, you know, I think that's a great message for parents and for people living with the disease. You can't fear. You can't live in fear all the time. Shit is going to hit the fan at random times. Well, you know, and it doesn't have to be diabetes related, but it's a matter of how you roll with the punches. Um, and again, just living life to the fullest, whatever it means. Because you never know how long you're going to be on this earth. Exactly. I agree. So, any last minute pieces of advice? Just one more, although we ended on a really good spot. I just want to say, like, also Eric and I, you know, just had the conversation um, when we we started thinking about our dreams and what we really wanted out of life, you know, and that we, with all of the decisions that, you know, he's having to make, all the stuff that he's going through throughout a day, you know, we just had to... We had to release ourselves from any drama that we didn't need. Yeah. So any friends that that wasn't, you know, um, adding to our life. Yeah. We we just, you know, said, you know, it's not worth our time mm-hmm. because life is too short. So we we're just out living our life and and with uh, we have it, you know, up everywhere. Live simply. You know, yeah. that's what that's what it's all about. Just. Um, not having drama us ourselves, you know, it even goes to, you know, what we're arguing about. If it's minuscule, like where to go to eat, it's like, you know what, that's not right. So, you know, Eric, you know, did a little box thing where now we just draw where to, where to eat (laughs) and that's where we go, you know? So, so it's just, it's just (laughs) figuring out ways to, um, to drop all that extra baggage and drama that doesn't matter because you're dealing with so much every single day. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, don't, don't put yourself in a box. I mean, just learn to think outside of the box and, and just, I mean, that's the biggest thing is just to live life, I think. so. Absolutely. And I will say that if anybody that is listening will be traveling through Arkansas... You guys have how many Airbnbs? Well, two now. Two. Yeah. So, you get great place to stay, 
And, you know, again, having somebody in your neck of the woods that has diabetes and knows about it, you know, it's nice to have someone close. So, well, thank you both so much for A, contacting me, B, not being creepy, <laughs> C, no problem, putting me up in this badass Airbnb and introducing me to Bentonville, Arkansas. No problem. Good to meet you. Right. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel confident this episode will resonate with our loved ones who help us battle this gnarly disease. It's all about having your diabetes support team, your DOC or whatever you want to call it. And it's clear Eric and Tanika have each other's back. My time at Arkansas was exactly what my soul needed. And if you're ever in the Bentonville area, please check out the show notes for links to their Airbnbs. They deserve the love and were incredible hosts. Just in case you didn't know, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast is a huge labor of love. I mean that sincerely and without sorrow. I love sharing these stories and scrape together everything I have physically, financially, emotionally, and spiritually to keep them coming. I could not, absolutely could not produce quality content without my dear friend, 405 Craft Brewer and audio engineer, Jonathan Stapleton. It's a little bit of a mouthful. If you are ever in a bar, restaurant, um, liquor store and see 405 Brewing, pick it up. You have no idea what they have done for the Diabetes Daily Grind and they have quality beer. So, um, and my goal is to keep the episodes free and I'm always down for creative ways to fund the podcast. So hit me up if you have an, an idea um, or would like to sponsor or advertise on the site. Um, every little bit helps. And that's why I always say, you know, please click on the Amazon banner on the right side of the Diabetes Daily Grind website before shopping because they really do throw a little change your way and it's dependent upon our sales. <laughs> and thank you for listening to the very end. I have to say with, again, full confidence exciting things are happening and I encourage you to stay tuned and stay involved cheers to the highs and lows everyone what'd you have for dinner what'd you have for lunch did you have too many or not enough get all the levels to shoot up shoot up shoot up shoot up shoot up shoot up cause I'm alive yes Says that you.